When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Weekend Ball Podcast. Uh, today, I'm very uh, thankful to welcome Yann Onana de l'équipe uh, to preview Canada versus France. Merci beaucoup pour se joindre nous. Uh, thanks so much for coming on, Yann, and uh, uh, especially from France and, and covering the game. So it should be a fun one tonight, uh, Canada versus France. Um, first, just how long have you been covering this uh, French national team? Uh, my first competition was back in 2011, but I was like a rookie, you know, but it was a, a big one. It was in Lithuania, a big Eurobasket. And since then, I not every competition, but like most of them, the last five years, I've been covering them like consistently. Mm-hmm. And, and what's that been like for you just to see them? Obviously, in Tokyo, they, they got the silver medal and, and really rise in, in the world of basketball. Well, you know, I've come around at the right time, you know, like they had like seven medals, I think, since uh, 2011. So this is just crazy. It's always, you know, great adventure to be there and to see them grow. And Tokyo was missing the spectators, you know, and uh, the audience. But, you know, once you forgot about that, the games were great. And, of course, we were all uh, interested shocked by the games against the USA, the opening one that France won mm-hmm. uh, against all art and uh, the semifinal will stay as a big game in the French basketball history because of uh, you know the block of Nicolas Batum mm-hmm. that gave France the win and uh, qualification for the final. Yeah, and and with that, like, just for this France team, like, what are kind of the expectations with in France of how Good this team can do uh, at the World Cup this year. So that that's what's new, you know. Like uh, France, they're always good as underdog. They always have the talent to do something. But it's the first time really that uh, they show up, and everybody's saying that they're kind of favorites. Maybe not, you know. That this team USA always because you you don't want to discard them. There there are a lot of uh, favorites in this tournament. You know, when you look at Canada, Germany, Spain, even if they have some player missing, you know, you can never ignore them. Uh, Australia, there's so many favorites. And the only team that has like uh, both experience and, and you know, medals and that kept his uh, its core is basically France. Like if mm-hmm. you had Wembanyama in that team, which... You know, he was supposed to come at one point, but then made a decision uh, to stay with the San Antonio Spurs after the draft, which I think is understandable, even if he's missing, obviously. But with him, I think France would be heavy favorites, wow. not even okay. part of the favorites. <clears throat> so right now, they have something that the other don't have, that some of the other don't have, is that experience of big moments and that Tokyo thing. The fact that they beat uh, Team USA twice in the last four years uh, in the quarterfinals in uh, 2019 in China in the World Cup and then at the Olympics with the big team 
you know, so they have something that others don't have and they have a variety of uh, weapons. So honestly, they, they're really part of the big favorites. But then once you said that, there's still some big question marks. Um, like the bench, because we're missing Nilikina, uh, mm-hmm. which was injured and was an important part of that team. Even though he's not playing in the NBA, every time he comes to you know, the French national team, he's a big part of the chemistry of the team. That's just an example. And you need some pe- some players to show up so that they will turn that you know favorite prediction into something real. But that's interesting. Um, and with that, just for some of the people here in Canada, because not everyone watches Eurobasket or kind of the EuroLeague, what are some of the players that aren't the NBA players on France that people in Canada should kind of watch out for and, and that are really pivotal to, to France's team and their success? Also, oh, the, the first one, obviously, is uh, Nando De Colo because he became this season uh, with Asvel, uh, you know, the best scorer if you look at the whole uh, European Cups, it's not just EuroLeague. He's not first in EuroLeague yet for the moment, but uh, he's in the top three, uh, I think. But if you if you take all the European Cups, he became the top scorer. Wow. All players, all eras, you know. So he's, he's kind of, he represents the excellence of uh, FIBA and EuroLeague basketball, which means, and he's the boss of that team. And mm. last season... Last summer, uh, at the Eurobasket, he was missing. Nicolas Batum was missing. And France still went to the to the final in a quite uh, weird and lucky and resilient way, we'll say, we'll say, we'll say, we'll put it that way. But they didn't play good basketball. They were, I think, the top team in turnovers. And they had what it takes, but they didn't use their... Their strengths and the colo is, is exactly who puts the whole talent together, you know, and he reveals the talent of others exactly like Nicolas Batum does. He, Nicolas Batum likes to call uh, to call himself the glue guy, mm. and that's exactly what he is. He can score thirty points on any given night. It's not what he's gonna do usually in the French national team, but. He's able to score points, but at the same time, he's going to, you know, pass the ball, rebound, uh, play some ex- excellent defense. He's a, a great team captain. And the fact that they got those two back is very important for them. So, uh, Nicolas Batum is playing the NBA, but Nando De Colo, you should be, you mm-hmm. know, he's he's a master in drawing uh, drawing fouls, in getting to the free throw line, passing the ball, he has a court vision. And he's been playing a point guard position for France uh, in the Olympics, which was was not the plan. He usually plays, you know, shooting guard. And as a, as a point guard, he's been, you know, great, incredible. And and with then, that, what, yeah, sorry. Yeah, no, no, go, go, go. No, and and with that, what are what are some of the like non NBA players like other than Decolo that um, are are really kind of pivotal for this French team? Gershon uh, Bousele, which used to be uh, uh, an NBA player for a few years, but never with a big role, is has become like a major piece of that uh, of that national team. Uh, I think he was. I'm pretty sure he was like the best scorer during the friendly games, which does not mean a lot at this point. But you know, he just he showed up at the Olympics and. Uh, he was straight up an important player. Uh, so in modern basketball, it's very interesting because he's a beast, you know, and he's a, he's a power forward, 
but he, uh, he can shoot threes. So obviously in the modern game, you need to have mm -hmm. um, a four position that shoots threes. He can play some defense. Uh, the only thing lacking in his game, and it's, it's a bit be because he shoots a lot of threes and he can do this, is maybe he's lacking a little, little bit of rebounding. But okay. in terms of physicality, you know, and what he brings offensively in the paint is very, very important and pivotal in that team. And and maybe what are some of the kind of areas do you think that will be kind of advantageous for Canada against uh, France, like areas that Canada could maybe attack on, uh, for on for France? So Canada, to me, is one of the most intriguing teams uh, in that competition. This, you know, it doesn't happen often that you see a team like that that you basically don't know because we've seen Canada uh, a couple of years ago, you know, getting eliminated from their own uh, OQT. Mm -hmm. And to me, it's such a different team. Like this time, it feels like a team. I saw some stretches of friendly games. It has nothing to do with what I remember, at least from a, no. you know the way they played. And, and I mean, I mean the way they play together, uh, at the very least. And when I see the um, the atmosphere in the team that we were able to witness during the the practices that are open to the media, and uh, when I see the coaching staff, so basically you have the talent. And what's interesting is we don't know what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. To me, it's completely unpredictable. And French uh, French coach Vincent Collet was telling us yesterday uh, that Canada is in a position uh, where France was a couple of years ago, maybe three, four years ago, when they have to they had to reestablish their talent and who they were in the mm -hmm. hierarchy of uh, world basketball when nobody believed really in them that they could be at the top, especially after Tony Parker left in 2016, you know, and friends did that in a very obvious and impressive way, actually. And he said, Canada is exactly where we were at that moment. And they have the talent because if you take all the NBA players of your team, of Canada's team, you get 105 points per game in the NBA. This <laughs> is just crazy. Um, I don't even know uh, beyond. I don't even know if Team USA has that many points. Maybe they do, but because yeah. because they're all NBA players, you know. But I mean, other than that, no no, no team can match this kind of uh, uh, offensive power. And then when I see that you have uh, guys like uh, um, uh, you, you have the science of a Spanish coach, which yeah. is always interesting, mm -hmm. and a great you know great coach. Then you have Rowan Barrett, that as a GM that we know very well in France, because you know he used to be the best scorer of the league in France. Uh, you have Boniface and Dong, so <laughs> you even have that French touch. And then yeah. you have like that guy in the back, you know, like uh, David Blatt. Come on, yeah, you yeah. know, putting the whole thing together and maybe teaching the team, I guess, the zone press that is famous for in defense. So um, so interesting to have this mix of uh, offensive power. And you know, ambition. Mm -hmm. I'm interested in what's going to happen today. And and with that, just what kind of player is Rudy Gobert in the, in the FIBA game? Like, is he a much better player? It, just the way his game style go, uh, matches the NBA, uh, the FIBA game compared to the NBA. Like, is it almost much easier for him because of the three defensive three seconds in the um, key yeah. being eliminated? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, he's. If he's dominant in his own way uh, in the NBA, uh, he's going to be even more dominant because obviously, like you just said, he doesn't have to get out of the paint. So he just needs to be aggressive, 
with the pick and roll sometimes, but you know, he can stay put. And I can tell you one thing, like he's, I've never or very, I, I didn't see him often that fit before mm-hmm. the competition. And, and I know that he's been working like a lot during the, the off season, especially in June. He was, he was telling me that he had like uh, four practices a day, oh my God. like twice, you know, um, weights and twice basketball. So he's been really motivated. I don't know what's the, why is that motivated this summer, but he really wants to achieve uh, a gold medal at one point. And you know him and Evan Fournier, uh, mm-hmm. who also is in a revenge mode um, because he didn't play for the Knicks this season, almost didn't play. Um, so they're two friends, very good friends, and they're from the 92 generation. And they both had like a couple of silver medals and they're still missing. You know, you have Batum that won the Euro Championship and even won some gold medals when he was uh, in youth competitions. But Fournier and Gobert are some of the ones that never tasted the gold and it became an obsession for them. And Gobert is really dominant. We saw him very dominant, even putting putting him some post moves, which was not, mm-hmm. as you know, he, you know his, his strength, his first strength. But when he receives the ball in the right way, he can do something about it. And he showed it during the friendly games. And uh, just with that, obviously, you mentioned how Evan Fournier and, and um, Rudy Gobert seem really motivated. But for the rest of the team, how motivated are they in this tournament because they already know that they're going to the Olympics? Like, does how much does that factor in, do you think, to just their kind of mindset going into this game compared to a Canada, which who, who really... Their, their whole goal, they've been saying, is to make the Olympics. And and obviously, France doesn't have that goal in, in this tournament. I think they, they don't need motivation because all of those, you know, they all want to play the Olympics at home. So all of a sudden, it made, you know, the process of bringing in, bringing in players much easier. Uh, France has a history of uh, players saying, okay, no, I'm sorry, I have a... I have to go to the swimming pool, guys. I'm not going to mm-hmm. be able to make mm-hmm. it this summer. You know, so that, that's the way we say it in France. Like, yeah. I got swimming pool. Mm-hmm. So, um, so, but right now it's not. It's not even a question. Like everybody wants to be there, and you need to. You need to be good if you want to be in that team, that 12, 12 men squad next uh, next summer. So that's not even a question. So the, the way I see it this summer is, um, we still have a. Uh, some players like uh, Elio Cobo, even if he played last summer. Uh, Sylvain Francisco, first time in the national team in the final phase. Uh, Isaiah Cordinier, first time ever. Um, and, uh, and Yakuba Watara, first time ever. All of those needs to, need, need to show up. And um, I think in feedback game, the rotation, like when you get to the big games, it's like mainly eight players, usually. A little mm-hmm. bit nine, but it's like seven, eight core players. And at this time, France has, you know, the starting five from the Olympics that they have two more years of experience or they're uh, two years older. Depends mm-hmm. the way you want to see it. But they're going to need some supporting cast and they're going to need players like uh, Mathias Le Sort as well. Even if he played in the 2019, he doesn't really have experience because he almost not did not play in that competition. And that was the only one. And he's been, you know how dominant he's been this season in the EuroLeague, and he must bring something to the table. And if you get two, three players that reveal themselves 
uh, during that competition and they show that they can uh, deliver at the biggest stage because that's the question mark. Do they have, you know, the, what it takes to be stable and to deliver consistently during the whole competition? Then France is clearly a favorite. Yeah, no, for sure. <clears throat> and just with that, for the, the, the matchup versus Canada, how do you think they're going to try to approach guarding Shea Gildas, Alexander, and RJ Barrett? Like, they don't really have the same kind of wing defenders other than Batum than maybe Canada. So how do you think they're going to approach that? Hmm. I wish I knew. <laughs> uh, no, my, 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 bet, my best bet would be that Canada might see some zone defense. I think the obsession of... Um, he actually told us that the obsession is to not let Canada run. Mm. So, you know, the, the big thing will be to not, not turn the ball over because you turn the ball over, you make them run. So you don't want them to run or you're dead. So they're going to want to prevent Canada from running for sure. So they're going to try to do big, big pressing, you know, in the, in the attack to be careful with the, try to be careful with the ball. The last game against Australia, uh, the friendly one, the only one that they lost during preparation, uh, they lost like 20 or 21 uh, times. Yeah. So, so it's not something that they had, they have to, to fix. And they don't want uh, Canada to drive the ball because, to, you know, to slash because they know that's one of their main strengths uh, with Shea. So obviously that's why I think we might see some zone defense. And I don't know. I know that uh, French national team has have been uh, practicing, has been practicing a lot of different defenses that we never seen in the past. So I guess uh, Canada is one of the reasons for that. And because they want to use their athleticism to match that. That's interesting because usually France is the team with the athleticism, you know, mm -hmm. that everybody fears because of that. And they actually, during the preparation, I can confirm that the, the defensive um, state of mind is there. And it's, it's always been the identity of France. So you're going to be a lot, it's going to be physical defense for sure. And, you know, trying to not let them run and not slash into the paint. And 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 for offense, before I let you go, just how do you think they're going to try to attack Canada? Maybe Canada's lack of size, um, especially just with you know a guy like Rudy Gobert and and obviously Nando DiColo and and Evan Fournier, really good coming off screens. Just how do you think they're going to try to attack Canada's defense? Yeah, the, the uh, I'm I'm pretty sure that the obsession will be to get the ball inside um, because that's the, like you said. It's on the paper, at least. On paper, at least, we're supposed, France is supposed to be uh, more dominant at this position. So, and, and last, last summer, one of the problems that we were not able to bring the ball inside, to put the ball inside the paint in the right conditions. It was always, it was never at the right time. So the, the screens were not, you know, perfect. Uh, and so, so that's what they're going to try to do. And that's what... Nando de Colo and Nicolas Batum excel at. Mm -hmm. So, and then France is supposed to have an advantage over Canada. Is the you know the the experience together and the way they play together. So I'm not sure what, what's going to mean tonight in the game, mm -hmm. but that's what they're going to try to do, obviously. And but just they with... move the ball well, you know. Yeah, France moves the ball well, especially with Batum and de Colo. So. You might you want to expect to see the ball moving very fast and swing. They're gonna to try to swing the ball. They're obsessed with that as well. Swing the ball. That's interesting because I think that was kind of the problem with Canada 
throughout the the friendlies was just their ability to once they got in the half court setting on defense they weren't great at rotating and i think that's just their lack of continuity compared to a team like france who's been playing with each other for years but Jan, uh, just to let you go, thanks again for doing this. So what's your prediction? Who's going to win tonight? And, and maybe wh- why do you think uh, one team wins over the other? Shit. <laughs> <laughs> you, have to, you have to answer that. No, like, honestly, so I'm, I'm so bad at prediction. So whatever I say... It's more for the fun of it. Yeah, it's going to happen. Yeah. So, you yeah, know, no, I, I, have to go, I have to go with France because... Uh, the way I saw them play, I think they have the they have what it takes to contain, and they have what it takes to like if if the game is tight to make the difference at the end. Mm-hmm. But obviously, you know, like the upper, complete opposite could happen, and I will not look like such an expert tonight. But we'll see. I'm I'm so you know, this game is gonna be great. Whatever no, happens. I think it's definitely the the marquee matchup of the first couple days of the FIBA World Cup. I know everyone in the States at ESPN seems to want to watch it. So I'm really excited yeah. to be covering it alongside you. And thanks again, Jan, for, for taking the time uh, uh, right Pleasure. before the game later today. See you tonight, man. See ya.